have you ever been so thirsty that you were just absolutely desperate? Like you just didn't know what you were going to do? Are so hungry, you thought you, you know, as they say in the South, you thought your stomach thought your throat had been slit? Have you ever been that kind of desperate? Well, I have, and I want to tell you this quick story. I was uh, surfing with my two buddies, um, Brian and Billy, it's back, way back in the day, and we decided we were going to go surf a, a surf break called Matagorda Peninsula. And we had to take the, the, a boat across the bay, this big, long, big bay, to a, to a peninsula of land that separated the, the mainland from an island. And there was a cut there in the, where you could go out into the Gulf of Mexico. And the waves were really good. They would wrap around that point and create a, just an amazing break inside of, of that, that cut. Well, on the outside of the cut. So we, but we had to park on the bay side of the island and hike our way across. So we did. We grabbed our boards and our towels and three bottles of water. Three bottles of water. That ought to be enough, one for each of us. And we hiked across, and we surfed for about five hours in the Texas sun. It's about 104 degrees that day. We drank our water, and we began walking back, and all of us started suffering from severe dehydration. Even though you're surrounded by water, you know the old rhyme of the ancient mariner, water, water everywhere, and all the boards do shrink, water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. That was absolutely the truth of where we found ourselves, surrounded by water but unable to drink any of it, and just really desperate. I, my friend Billy literally passed out. Brian stayed there to help him. I went to the boat, barely got there, got some water in me, then went back to rescue them with water. We were absolutely desperate and absolutely stupid for the condition we found ourselves in because we just weren't thinking. Now, I think this, I'm setting all that talk up to tell you this, that we don't equate desperation for Jesus in that same manner as we equate desperation for water or for food. We don't equate that. We know Jesus wants us to live in his bliss, and we've been talking about that, and we often think that the blessings of Jesus, the bliss of Jesus well, Jesus used this analogy. He said it's like springs of water springing up into us to eternal life. It's a loaded fruit tree, the right for the picking. But the bliss of God is not achieved through the bounty of the spring that Jesus provides or the fruit that he yields, but it's us coming to a place of desperation for him. That we see the spring and we give thanks for the fruit. He changes our thinking by leading us to desperation. Now, here's, I'm going to pose this question to you. Do you really desire Jesus? Do you really want him? Is following Jesus the focus of all you are? Do you really hunger and thirst for righteousness of God? Or is it about your ambition? Or about keeping up appearances? Or just getting your sorry hide out of hell? What is it? Do I climb the tree of blessing to take hold of the fruit for my gain or for God's glory? What are my motives? What are my ambitions? Am I, am, am I motivated by pride, by gain, by fame, or other worldly opportunities? Or am I really desperate to live all for Jesus? <laughs> wow. Changing the way I think changes my character, thus changes my behavior. Now, we read this 
beatitude that we're talking about today, and we really ponder its meaning. Let me read it for you. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now, how can I change my thinking to desire Jesus more than anything? This has been a haunting question for, for my whole life. How can I hunger and thirst for righteousness, and how can I develop that? How can I get the attitude of Jesus? And then I come to this place, I can't. I'm starting to realize that this the attitude is a building off the other attitudes that we just talked about. Spiritual poverty, um, brokenness and mourning over our sin, uh, humility. These things are predicated on this. Jesus begins to drive these truths deeper and deeper into our souls, and he starts to shape our thinking through these attitudes or these beatitudes. We cannot desire the things of God until we embrace the poverty of spirit, the mournful nature of our sin, and the humility to grasp our own desperation. In this fourth beatitude, he begins the renewal of our minds. Let's lean in and listen. This is a process to find his bliss that we might live in the attitudes of Jesus. Father, thank you for what you're going to say to us this morning. And again, I uh, ask that you speak through me, not my words or my thoughts, but Father, your truth that leads us to understand and live all for you. Lord, I, I feel really inadequate, but I know you're more than adequate. So say to these people what you need to say to them, and may we live differently. And we pray this all in your son's strong name. Amen. Now, before I jump into this, I want to, again, encourage you to get in a group, form a group, be a part of a group. You're not going to get the full benefits of the life in Christ until you're living in a life group with other people. It's a place of care. It's a place of prayer. It's a place of encouragement. It's a place of discipleship or growing deeper with Christ. It's, it's the place of ministering to one another. It's a place to invite your friends so they can come and hear about Christ. So get in a group. The second thing I want to encourage you is I really want to thank you for your generosity and giving. You have an opportunity to support the work of God through your giving, your generosity. And we'll talk more about that in the future. But I want to thank you for that and take that opportunity to lean in and to give even as you watch online because Jesus is using this. These messages are literally going all over the world. And this content is right now strengthening pastors in over 80 churches. Over 80 churches are using this content to teach and strengthen their churches. Healthy pastors leading healthy churches all for King Jesus. And that's what we're about through the Building Lives Churches Network. So anyway, jumping into this talk. What is spiritual hunger and thirst? What does it really look like? It's not just the physical longing, but it has to be something even more. John Darby said this, To be hungry is not enough. I must be really starving to know what God's heart is for me. I must be really starving to know what God's heart is for me. This hunger and thirst is a deep longing that's really only satisfied by Jesus. Even when it's satisfied, it leaves a longing for something more and, and something deeper. I, I know with our little grandkids, um, you know, they'll eat and they'll say, oh, Papa, I'm full. And I'll say, well, what about some dessert? Well, my dessert stomach's not full. So this is basically that continuing desire of wanting more and more and more. And I don't, here's the thing I will say, I don't think you're ever going to be fully satisfied in Christ until we're in heaven. 
until we're experiencing the glorious eschaton of God. But we should hunger and thirst for this. It makes us different. Psalm 63, 1 says this, God, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you in a land that is dry, desolate, and without water. You see, God has put the desire for him in the heart of every person. Pascal said this, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man, which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. Wow. The Greek word here is used for hunger, a hunger for all of God, and to thirst for all of God. It's not just like, I'm going to get a sample, but I want all of it. It's like you're going to eat the whole brisket. Do you remember the, uh, the, the commercial for Alka-Seltzer, where the old guy would say, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. You can YouTube it if you're too young to remember it. It's really ridiculous. And, uh, but that's really what this is. I want all of God. I want all of it. I'm hungry and thirsting. And that's what the Greek word implies. To be hungry for all the food and all the water and all the beverage, everything, it's a consuming desire for everything of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I just often want a snack. I just want a little bit of Jesus. I don't want all of it. I just want a little bit of it. I just want enough of it to get me by the day. But really, that's not what we should want. We don't want all of God, so we pick and choose the parts of God that really appeal to us. Now, I took Terry to lunch the other day, and my wife is, she, she's a healthy eater. Now, obviously, okay, anyway, don't judge me. Don't judge me. But she's a healthy eater. And she ordered an avocado salad. Now, I think avocado is liking eating a sinus infection. I just think they're disgusting. Now, I know you're going, what? You live in Texas? You don't like guacamole? No, I don't. And just, just leave it alone. I don't like cucumbers either. I think a pig won't even eat a cucumber. Why should they? They're foul, nasty things. I don't like avocados. I don't like cucumbers. Deal with it, okay? Don't judge me. I just don't. She brought this salad out, and it had this full avocado just layered on top of her salad. And she was so excited, and I was so disgusted. I'm so much like that with God. I want to pick and choose the things I like instead of wanting all of God. Wow. I'm picky. So are you. Well, we kind of get aggravated at our kids for being picky, and you just judge me because I don't like avocado. But the truth is, we're all picky when it comes to God. We're picky when it comes to Jesus. We want the parts, we want the parts uh, that we desire, we like. I uh, heard a pastor say this, he said, it's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand that give me trouble. It's the parts of the Bible I do understand that give me trouble. We pick and choose. We want to snack. Jesus wants to change my thinking. So I want all of him. All of him. You see, bliss is found then in being right with God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are those who are in right relationship with God. You cannot desire God until you've experienced his saving grace. God is the one who gives you his righteousness. You don't get it. 
is given to you from God. How can you hunger and thirst after righteousness that you don't have? You can't. Listen to this. If we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart resulting in righteousness. And one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Here's some more. He made him who did not know sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. Now, God gives us his righteousness through Jesus. We don't earn it or deserve it. How can we long for something we've not experienced? When you receive it, you long for all of it. And he gives it to you. He gives it to you. I have to change my mind from wanting to snack on the smorgasbord of truth and feast on the entirety of the revelation of truth through Jesus. I got to change my attitude. I got to change my thinking. You see, Jesus will, will satisfy me when I do. You see, I want more, I want more, and I'll never get it, but I have to be content at what Jesus has given me because one day he'll make all things new and I'll have all of him I'll ever have when I'm with him in glory. Psalm 107 says this, Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity, for he has satisfied the thirsty and he's filled the hungry with good things. Obviously, the psalmist here is talking about physical hunger and thirst, but you can absolutely apply it to spiritual hunger and thirst. He satisfies us with good things. I will become desperate for God to be fully satisfied in him. Hungry people don't ask Jesus for economic success, personal satisfaction, popularity, or power, or prestige, or anything else. Hungry and thirsty people live all for Jesus. If economic success comes, it's all for Jesus. If personal satisfaction becomes, it's all because of Jesus. If popularity becomes, it's all to make Jesus famous. If power or prestige come, it's all to leverage that platform to make Jesus famous. I live all for him. When I was dying of thirst on that tropical beach, my first was to quench myself so that I could then quench my brothers. A spiritual desire that is quenched in me leads a spiritual quest to quench the desire in you. All for Jesus. And then... Blessed are the humble, for they inherit the earth. Because I've hungered and thirsted after righteousness, I've realized my spiritual poverty, I've mourned over my sin. Wow, life starts working. And I start living in the bliss of God. That's amazing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you've said to us this morning. And I pray that we will not live like we've always lived before, but we will live changed. And that we will desire all of you, not just a snack of you, but all of you. And Father, that you will change our hearts and minds as we live and trust in you. That our lives will be different. 
and our behaviors will be different because you've changed our attitudes, changed our hearts. Father, I realize there are some listening today that have never trusted you, and today's the day of their salvation. They believe in your heart, their heart, resulting in righteousness. Now they're confessing with their mouth, resulting in salvation. So, folks, if that's you, if you need to trust him, believe in your heart right now, and they confess with your mouth, Jesus, I'm yours. And that's resulting in salvation. Welcome to the family. Let us know. Raise your hand. Let us know. Let us know. And then, Father, I pray that we all will live all for you as you make all things new, including us. Change our hearts, O oh God. Make them ever new. Change our hearts, O oh God. We want to be like you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining me. I hope and pray this helps. Now be sure to tune into the group material that follows along with this as we continue the discussion of the attitudes of Jesus.